Several years ago, a little over 20 years ago now, I was at a conference in Florida. I was at the time uh, the recreation director at uh, my home church, uh, Westwood Baptist Church in Forestdale, Alabama. I had served as an assistant recreation director, which is about as far down on the totem pole as in a church you can go. Um, the recreation director had stepped aside and I moved into that position not really knowing what was in store, knowing if I even wanted to do that. But uh, I was the logical guy to step into that role and so I did. And, uh, and, and thus began the process of the Lord working on my heart. Um, and he was before that, but I really uh, began to pay attention to, you know, I was at a point in my life in college, and I didn't really know which direction I was going. And, and people began to recognize gifts in me that I didn't see myself. And, and I had folks that were mentoring me, encouraging me to pray about ministry. And so I, I was going through that process, really seeking the Lord, seeking him in his word and and, and at this point, I'm, on the, I'm at this conference, and God had already affirmed and reaffirmed in Scripture that that was where I was supposed to go, that I was supposed to be in ministry, and I was still fighting it, fighting it pretty, uh, pretty, ba- pretty uh, intensely, because I just could not see myself doing what I'm doing today. At this conference, something had happened at the church. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but church people can be difficult sometimes. <laughs> Um, and something had happened before going to this conference uh, that really had frustrated me and, and caused me to question, uh, really, if this was the direction I was going in. And, and the guy on staff that, that really mentored me, I went to him before I went on this conference, and I just told him uh, his name was Saint Green. Yes, that's his real name, Saint. Um, and and uh, I just said, Saint, I don't, man, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I, you know, I was frustrated, and he said, I'll tell you what, Alan, you go to this conference, and you just let this be a break for you from, from ministry for a couple of days. You seek the Lord and see what happens. And I'll never forget, um, and again, I've been praying through this uh, for a while, and uh, a couple years, actually. And, and I was, it was the last night of the conference, and the speaker who had been speaking all week just so happened to be speaking on endurance and ministry. And, uh, and that night, um, he, he spoke, and like many of you have, I'm sure, experienced, I felt like he was talking directly to me, and he, he said, if you're here today and you don't know how you're going to proceed, how you're going to endure, you need to depend on the Lord and trust that he will give you what you need to do what he's called you to do. And in that moment, I knew, I felt the presence of the Lord like I really never had before, at least not in that way. And I knew from that moment on that this was what I was supposed to be doing. The Lord confirmed in my heart. Now listen, here's the thing. I didn't know all the details of that plan, and I still don't. I'm still figuring it out as I go along. But I knew the direction that he had given me for my life. Man, there is joy, excitement, and even a little fear when you know the direction God has given you. I believe that God has given this church a direction, and we've talked a lot about that over the past year and over the past couple of weeks. There are specifics that we know, and there are specifics that we don't know. A lot of it is walking in faith, but in order to experience, for me, in order to experience the life that I've experienced with Mandy, with the kids, the joys and the challenges of ministry, I had to, at that point and daily, surrender to God's plan for my life. And in order for us as a church to experience all of the joys and the challenges, everything that comes with doing his kingdom work, fulfilling his plan for us, for his kingdom, we have to surrender to that plan. And that's really what we've been talking about in this series, Vision 2020, the vision God has for us, and whether or not we're willing to accept the plan, the vision that God has given us, whether we're willing to possess the land that's in front of us. And so we're going to continue with that series this morning. Last week, we talked about having a vision. And we talked about our vision, connecting our world to Christ and his people through intentional evangelism, dynamic worship, loving fellowship, personal discipleship, and caring ministry. That's our vision. That's the end goal. 
How do we get there? Our mission is how we get there. We get there by being a people and leading people to, to grow, to love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples. I encourage you to go back and look at that, that vision handout again and the measures, where we get that from biblically, how I know I'm doing that, what, what I need to do in order to do that. So that's the mission. The mission is, is how we get there. The vision is the end goal, the favorable outcome. The mission is what we do to get there. Well, how do we become people? How do we help people grow to love God, love people, share Jesus, and make disciples? That's where our strategy comes in. If you'll remember, the strategy is the day-to-day operations around here. It's the DNA of the church. It's, it's the next steps to getting individuals involved at the ministry, in the ministry at Wall Highway Baptist Church. And they are based, this strategy is based on four simple things. Connecting people to Christ and His church. Helping them grow in their relationship with Christ, helping them find their gifts and abilities to serve inside the walls of the church, and then going outside the walls of the church with the gospel, sharing our faith, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, making an impact for his kingdom. Everything we do as a church should fall into those four categories, and we should constantly be focused on how to reach people for Christ, get them plugged into the church so they can grow spiritually, so that they can learn how to serve, what they're called to do, just like I had to learn what I was called to do, what are they called to do, help them serve, and then we all are called to go outside the walls of the church. Four simple words, connect, grow, serve, and go. And we have our our symbols this year that we've added to this concept of connect, grow, serve, and go. You see them on the left side there. Um, but though it was interesting last week, uh, you know, this is a work in progress, right? We had all our symbols and, and I met Nathan Palace and, and, uh, Jim Graham, our children's pastor, we've been working for a couple of months on these symbols and going back and forth, they would work on something, they'd send it to me and then I'd make some suggestions and then we'd go back and forth and back and forth and, and we thought we had it. Well, after church last week, uh, somebody came up to me and said, you know, why, the, the connect, why don't you turn that around so the puzzle piece actually forms a C? Well, we hadn't thought about that. That was my answer because I hadn't thought about that, right? Which that suggested a couple of people noticed that. And so now we have a C. It's actually a puzzle piece and a C. Man, God uses his people, right? How amazing uh, that is. But we've got our symbols. And and the idea is that you can look at those symbols and identify connect, grow, serve, go without even seeing the words. And we're going to start putting that on more and more stuff. But we need to understand our vision, understand our mission. And the strategy is how we reach that vision. Uh, and so last week we talked about those four concepts, connect, grow, serve, grow. We talked about connecting, how we're going to connect people in 2020. This week we're moving to growing in 2020. How are we going to grow in 2020? What are we going to do to encourage spiritual growth in the life of this church and in the members of this church. Well, like everything else, whatever we do, it's based on what the Bible says, right? Our question, our standard question as to whether or not we do something is, well, what does the Bible say about it and how does it fit into the mission that we have as a church? Well, let's look at this. What does the Bible say about growing spiritually? Well, for one thing, in 2 Peter 3.18, we're told, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and the day of eternity, to the day of eternity, amen. So we're to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our understanding, our experience of him, our relationship with him, and our knowledge of him, and our likeness in him. Hebrews 6.1, therefore leaving the elementary message about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity, Just like you go from elementary school into junior high school or middle school, uh, senior high school, and uh, you you grow in your knowledge, progress as you go, well, we have to grow out of elementary school in terms of being followers of Christ. We grow on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works, faith in God. It is maturity, spiritual maturity that we are called to, that we should be seeking. And then Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 11 through 16, he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the training of the saints for the work of ministry. We should be growing in our service and training for service to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into a mature man 
with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Who measures our spiritual growth? Christ does. And he is, he is the standard that we measure ourselves by. Then we will no longer be children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, with cleverness and technique of deceit, and the technique of deceit, but speaking the truth in love. Let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Very clear distinct call for we as individuals to grow spiritually, but also the church as the body of Christ, as we serve together, grow together, exercise our gifts together, we, we grow as a church, not just in size, but in depth. We are called to grow spiritually. So how are we going to do that this year? What are we going to focus on this year? Well, one of the things that we're going to focus on continually, this is going to be an endless goal of ours. The goal, the challenge is getting more people uh, involved. And this is growing in spiritual disciplines. Daily, we should grow in spiritual disciplines. And, and, and one of the ways that we do that in this church is, is by teaching spiritual disciplines and, and equipping you with tips and tools to grow spiritually. Where do we get this? Well, Spiritual growth is not automatic. It takes discipline. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 7. Have nothing to do with irreverent myths, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. There's training. There's discipline that's involved in growing spiritually. I can't just sit back in my chair at home and expect God to grow me spiritually. He could do that, but, but I, wouldn't, I wouldn't benefit in any way in that. There is a part that we have in this. We have to be willing to do the work on our end, and God will certainly do the work on his end to grow us spiritually. There's training. Discipline includes developing spiritual habits. There are habits that are common in spiritually mature people that we see taught in God's word. Colossians 3, 9 and 10, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, you're being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your creator. So the old nature with its sin before we're saved, that includes old habits that you have uh, without Christ. When, when Jesus saves you, he gives you a new nature, and with that should come new habits that will help you grow spiritually. The old nature has old habits. The new nature has new habits. So we grow spiritually when we choose. Now, even though you're saved, you still battle those old habits, right? The flesh is still there. You're saved, but you still battle those things. So we grow spiritually when we daily choose to put off those old habits and to put on the new habits, to become like Christ. Think about it this way, a habit. What is a habit? A habit is a continual, often unconscious inclination to do a certain activity acquired through frequent repetition. That's just Webster's de definition of a habit. Continuous repetition, continuous thing that you do. And it's also described as an established disposition of character. So, if you want to have a Christ-like character, then you have to take on, practice the habits that will make you like Christ. The same habits that Jesus had, doing the same things that he did. You could also call it a customary practice. It's something you do over and over again. Something you, you, you have to stay. It's like anything, if you want to be good at it, you've got to practice. You've got to do it over and over again. Well, that's the same with spiritual habits. If you want to grow... You know, doing it habitually is, is part of it. You know, it, it takes, I think, 21 days for something to be habit, to become a habit. And so you've got to stay at it for a while, whether it's Bible study, sharing your faith, uh, whatever it is, spending time in prayer. Uh, you, you were not reducing those just to simple routine, but you have to get in the habit of doing it. Daily quiet time, studying God's word. And so making a habit. We teach, and uh, the way that we, we help people develop that, that here is that we teach these in our, our equip classes. Last year, we went through all of our equip classes on Wednesday night. So our goal for this year, I know that limited some folks, our goal for this year in order to, speak, to teach spiritual disciplines, habits, is that we're going to offer that equip class to more 
members of Wall Highway Baptist Church. There's a couple of ways we're going to explore doing that. We may do a weekend conference with some of these. I may do a small group in a home. But one way that we're definitely going to explore is, is creating a video or a webcast series where you can do it on your own if you can't attend it on a Wednesday night when I teach through it or in another way. So we're just going to broaden that a little bit. My Wednesday night crew, you guys were my guinea pigs. Y'all went through it with me. Um, we've, done, we've gone through all of those uh, once, and we're going to expand that. But what do we teach in those classes? I think there are four, and there are a lot of spiritual habits, but I think there are four core habits that we, if we're going to mature, we need to adopt. And this is the, the outline for our equipped classes. Bible study, prayer, tithing, and fellowship. Those four principles are foundational spiritual habits, core spiritual habits that we all need to develop. So we're going to look at at expanding access to that. Another way we're going to encourage growth in 2020 is we're going to look to strengthen our men's ministry. Now listen, our our women's ministry, don't take this as we're neglecting women's ministry, no. But I, I, there's, a, there's a great need to strengthen our men's ministry in this church. And, and, and the, the simple reason is the biblical precedent of men being the spiritual leaders of the home and also the, the, the call of men leadership within the body of Christ. Let's look at what God's Word says about that. Uh, 1 Corinthians 11.3, I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, the man is the head of every woman, and God is the head of Christ. Now that's you know, not a demeaning thing, but the roles are clear within the family. And men, we are called, we are giving a great and sober calling to lead our families spiritually, to lead our families to the Lord and in the Lord in spiritual growth. And we want to make sure we do that, even in the context of the church. Overseers, 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 4. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable and an able teacher, not addicted to wine, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy, one who manages his household well, is a spiritual leader of his home, uh, manages it competently, having his children under control with all dignity. So there's a call within the church and within the home, and we want to make sure we are equipping our men to grow spiritually. And so how are we going to do that this year? Um, and, and, you know, there's stat- I could quote statistic after statistic. I'm not going to do that this morning. On, uh, that basically, some, I can sum it up. Uh, you know, as goes the father, go- so goes the family. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the likelihood of your children continuing in church as they grow up uh, is greatly dependent upon whether dad takes them to church, you know, and, and spiritual growth and, and on and on and on. And there are tons of statistics to back that up. But how are we going to do that this year? Well, one of the first things that we're going to do is officially, we've kind of had unofficially, but we're going to officially uh, recruit, elect a men's ministry leader. Uh, Called it men's ministry director in years past, but a men's ministry leader to help coordinate some of these and implement some of these ministry ideas. Uh, We're going to continue with, with that. We're going to continue to provide men's events and Bible studies that encourage spiritual growth and promote spiritual growth. Building on some of the things that we've done in the past year, the father-son camping trip, some of the youth uh, Bible studies targeted uh, toward uh, fathers and sons, uh, our fish fry. I mean, these are some things that we've done in the past. We're going to look to build off of that this year and and look for opportunities, uh, events, opportunities to help our men grow and lead their families to grow because we have a great responsibility. And we want to equip you, men, fathers, we want to equip you to be the spiritual leaders that God has called you to be. We're also, we're not stopping there, though. We're going to promote family discipleship this year. Uh, We're going to continue to promote family discipleship. Look at Psalm 119.11. The psalmist says, I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. So individually, if I want to live the life that God has called me to live, I've got to have his word inside my life. And we know that needs to start at a young age. Look at Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So individually, but as a family, we need to be training our kids. We need to be teaching our kids, couples, with or without children. Bible study, discipleship together is so very important, and we want to help you do that. Uh, You've already begun, hopefully, 
the CBR journals. Many of you, we had a workshop last week. You're starting to work through those. Uh, you know, just here's a couple of ways you can use that journal that will help you promote discipleship within your family. One, and within the church family. One is, of course, personally, it's a day, daily Bible reading tool. It is, it is a devotional, a quiet time, time alone with the Lord uh, to help you grow in your relationship with Him. But also, you can use that in your family. Let me sh- share with you the way we're using it in our family is, uh, you know, I, I usually, I typically do my, my quiet time in the morning and I go through it. And then that night we gather as a family. Timmy and Gracie are old enough to be doing it themselves. Annie and Eli are not old enough to be working through the journal themselves. So what we do is we gather together as a family that evening and I walk them through what I did that morning. And so we walk through it together, and I let them fill in the blanks. I'll, we will pick a section of Scripture, maybe not the whole passage, but a section of the Scripture of the day, and we'll walk through the acts of prayer together. That is our family Bible study right now, and a way for my whole family to participate in this journal. So it can be used as a family Bible study tool, but it can also be used in community. Uh, pick a group of three to five people to walk through this journey together. Uh, and one of the ways you do that is through, through a texting group. Um, I, I got invited to be a part of a group this week, and man, I was thrilled. And, and I've, I've enjoyed watching uh, the different insights from Scripture. We've been texting all week long, every day, what we got, our, our community sentence, uh, preparing for gospel community at the end of the day. Um, but sharing just a simple text. It's not long. It's, we're not going on and on, but every Every man in that group is just sharing his insight for the day, what, what spoke to him. What, what an amazing community builder. That's one of the ways you can use that in community. So we'll promote discipleship in your family at home, but also in the church family. But we want to continue to do that. We're also, if you have small kids um, that, that may, maybe have trouble even following that family time together, we're going to offer uh, uh, packets, projects to take home, family little devotionals throughout the year at different times. If you remember the Advent chains that we did at Christmas, those little packets, we're going to do something like that at Easter at different times of the year, things that you can take home and do as a family that are hands-on for little ones. Um, so again, doing that as a family, doing that together, we're going to use these tools to promote family discipleship. There are also, we have a, a subscription to Right Now Media that includes uh, tons of devotionals and Bible studies that you can do as a family. Uh, if you want access to that, we can give you access to that um, through the church office. Um, and, and listen, this isn't a goal because this needs to be personal, but let me challenge you. Um, as, as we're beginning this year, at some point, you know, the Bible calls us to prayer and fasting. Let me encourage you at some point. Uh, at different times throughout the year, to take uh, a day to fast. Um, you know, fasting is for the purpose, we're denying ourselves food uh, for the purpose of focusing on the Lord and, and seeking His will. Every time you feel a hunger pain, it forces you to think about the Lord, to, to talk to Him, to seek His will. So there's, there's the traditional biblical fasting of food, but hey, maybe, you know, you don't want to starve your kids. They're, they're little. Uh, maybe you, for health reasons, you can't fast. Let me share with you another thing that my family has done, and we do periodically, a technology fast. Um, we recently took three days in a row uh, and fasted from technology. I used it for work and communication. That was it. No Facebook, no social media, no eBay, no Amazon, no TV, nothing other than what I had to do for work. You will be amazed at how that calms your spirit, removing that stuff from your life. I encourage you to practice that. Fast from technology. Use it the same way. Every time you think about going on Facebook, talk to the Lord instead. Every time you think about shopping on eBay or whatever, you know, picking up your phone, you'll be amazed at how many times you reach for your phone when it's not there. Um, how, how much we depend on those devices. So, so take time. And here's the reason. We are at a critical time in the life of this church. We've got some really big things ahead of us. Things that we cannot do on our own. Things that if we really are, if God really is calling us to do these things, he's going to have to show up in a big way, which we fully expect him to. But we need to make sure that we are 100% focused and 100% dependent upon him. And periodic times of intense prayer and fasting will help us make sure we're focused, all right? 
So let me encourage you to do that. That's not a church-wide goal because that needs to be a personal thing that you're called to do. If I try to legislate that, it's not going to mean anything for you, okay? But I am encouraging you and your family to do that at different times throughout the year. Think about it this way. If you get on an elevator and you have to go, this building has 100 floors, and you have to go to the 100th floor, you push the button for the 100th floor, right? Do you push that button really, 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 really hard to make sure it gets to the 100th floor? Harder than, say, the second floor? Of course not. Why not? Because that elevator getting to the 100th floor has nothing to do with your ability to get it there, right? It's all that hopefully is the power of the elevator that will get it there. It's not you. You're just along for the ride. I mean, you've got to get on the elevator. You've got to push the button. You've got to get off. You've got a part to play, but it's not up to you. To get where God is leading us, it, it's not dependent upon your power and my power, your strength and my strength. It is solely dependent upon, first, whether or not God has called us to go there, and second, whether or not he is willing to supply his power to get us there. We have to depend on God's power to get us there, or we will never get there on our own. Another discipleship goal as we move along. Uh, One thing that we're going to do, and I haven't even really talked to our tech guys about this, so uh, we'll find out how on board they are with this, but uh, I want to look at the possibility. uh, I've heard a lot about testimonies this past year. Well, I'd like to start a podcast uh, this year where periodically we just sit down me and somebody else in the church, to give church members an opportunity to share different ways that God has worked in their lives. We'll put that on YouTube. We'll make that available through the website. There'll be a format that we follow, but just to give you opportunities to share your story so that the rest of us can hear your story. There's a lot of people in this room, a lot of people that I don't even know very well. And so we can encourage one another, encourage faith and growth by hearing each other's stories. So that's something we're going to look at doing this year. Um, Another way we're going to encourage growth is we're going to emphasize doctrine in 2020. Man, we need to grow in our knowledge. Look at at, uh, 1 Peter 3.15. Honor the Messiah's Lord in your hearts. Always be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Always be ready. Now listen, we're not looking to start fights with people, to debate the Christian faith. There's a time and place for that, to debate, not to fight necessarily. Uh, but the Bible's clear. We need to be ready to defend our faith. And the only way we can do that is to train ourselves in godliness, to know what we believe and why we believe it. So we're going to have a, a focus on that this year to help you learn more about the doctrines that we hold to as a Baptist church, as a New Testament church with Christ at the center. Um, what we believe, why we believe it, why we do the things that we do. And so one of the ways we're going to do this, here are our goals. In March, we're going to start a doctrinal series, sermon series. I'm going to take you through a series in March, uh, the basic doctrines of our faith. All right, And then we're going to couple that, accompany that with a, a, a sermon-based connection group study that you can do in Sunday school and your connection groups that will, that will mirror that, that will uh, complement that. And so we're going we're gonna to focus on that and, and hopefully train in, 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 our, in what we believe and why we believe it, growing in our knowledge of the Lord. Now I want to explain to you why this is in all of these you know, spiritual disciplines are important. This is very similar to the illustration I did a few weeks ago, but, but different enough. So, um, you know, we have, I just grabbed common kitchen tools. I mean, I didn't have to buy a single thing this morning for this morning. These things that I had, that I had laying around the house. And, uh, and so, or that, you know, we're in the kitchen and, and I just, you know, thinking about what each utensil is used for, right? Uh, and, and so, um, thinking in, the, in terms of, of spiritual growth, Bible study, there are different types of people. Uh, this is similar to the parable of the, so, the, the soul, right? The seed and the soul. Um, but there are different types of people. Depending on where you are in your journey, spiritually or in life, you know, there are different types of folks. Uh, you know, you take, for instance, take this funnel. Some people are like this funnel. If I take this pitcher of water and pour it through, what's going to happen? I mean, the water's just going to go right through, right? I mean, you're not going to retain hardly any. And eventually, very quickly, it'll dry out. But it's just not going to hold a whole lot. And some people are like that. They hear the word of God and it goes in one ear and out the other. They retain nothing. Listen, there are Christians who hear the word of God, but don't spend time in the word and don't spend time meditating, memorizing scripture, spend time with the Lord, and they're not growing spiritually. 
Um, well, then there's another kind, and you know, if you have a sifter, this isn't a sifter, but it's the same concept. This is actually a drain stream. If you have a sifter, what does a sifter do? It sifts out things, right? It's meant to catch some things, but not others. And, you know, with this water, I can pour water through this sifter. You know, the amazing thing about it is the sifter actually holds a little bit more water than the funnel. There's still water. It's spread out along the screen, and there are people who are like that. There are folks who hear the Word of God and retain some of it, but eventually it, it goes away. It's, it's like the, the plant that grows up amongst the rocks. It sprouts quickly, but then it dies. I mean, it's there for a little while, but it's not really taking root in our lives. You know, we, it's not really changing us and transforming us. There are people that are like that. Well, similar to the illustration from a few weeks ago, we want to be like the sponge. We want to soak it all up, and that's the beautiful thing about the sponge is it soaks up water. I mean, that's what it's meant to do, right? And, and, and daily, as we spend time in the Word, we soak up the Word of God daily. We, we take it in our minds, in our hearts, we memorize it, we meditate on it, and more and more, we become like Christ. And more and more, we take on the character of Christ, and more and more, we are transformed into His image. And then, of course, what do we do? We take what we've learned, and then we share it with others. We soak it up. And then we're drained every day as we invest in the life of others. But the key is daily soaking, taking in the Word of God daily. Spiritual habits, prayer, Bible study, the act of tithing, faith that goes along with that, fellowship. Daily we practice these habits and daily we become more like Christ. And that's the goal. It's a daily process. So we want to be sponges this year. In 2020, I want for, for this church to become a bunch of sponges. All right, and to, to, for us to share what we learn with the people that we come into contact with. That's the challenge as we grow spiritually. We want to become more like Christ, but it's a daily practice. And listen, it's not, it's not an overnight thing. It's something we commit to and we stay committed to every year. So we, our goal is to grow spiritually. Uh, so we're going to connect to Christ, connect to the church, and then we want to grow spiritually to become more like Christ. Next, we want to serve in 2020. We want to serve in 2020. Look at Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. For by grace, the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. We're different, have different gifts, but none of us more important than the other. We're all equal at the foot of the cross, right? And we're all equal in service. Now, different positions have different responsibilities, but we're all important. Every member of the body of Christ is vital to the body of Christ fulfilling the purpose of Christ. Number, verse 4, now as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of one's faith, if service in service, if teaching in teaching, if exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. God has given each of us different gifts and abilities to be used to serve him. We all have different gifts, all have different abilities, but we need to differentiate between spiritual gifts and abilities. Spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift? Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So let's define spiritual gift. It is a special ability that's given by the Holy Spirit to every believer at their conversion. The moment you're saved, God gifts you with a spiritual gift. All right? If you're lost, you don't have spiritual gifts because you don't have the Spirit. Is given at conversion to be used to minister to others and therefore build up the body of Christ. Each of us have gifts that God has given us, and not just one. Now, you may be strongly gifted in one area, but you have gifts given to you to serve. Spiritual gifts given when you're saved, and you're given them when you're saved, but their use and their purpose are developed as you grow spiritually. All of this works together. You have that gift, but you learn that gift and you grow in that gift as you exercise that gift. It's like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. The more you use your spiritual gift, exercise, practice your spiritual gift in service, the stronger that gift becomes. Spiritual gift grows, but it's given at conversion. 
And God wants you to know and use the gifts that he's given to you. And knowing and understanding is a lifelong process. We serve as long as we have breath in our bodies, in our lungs. We serve and we grow. But we also have abilities. There's a difference. Both are to be used for the glory of God and in service to God, but they are different. Closely related, but not quite the same, are abilities. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12, 6. God has given us all abilities. There are different abilities to perform service, but the same God gives ability to all for their particular service. Now, what's the difference? Spiritual gifts are given at conversion. Abilities are the natural talents with which you were born. We, our abilities come from God, and in a similar way to spiritual gifts are to be used to serve God, the difference is spiritual gifts are, are given at conversion abilities. You are born, there are just some things you're good at, and you know what those things are. There are things that you're good at that I'm not, and, and you've always been good at. There are things that I'm good at that I've always been good at. God gave me natural abilities, and the Bible tells us that even our abilities should be used and can be used to serve the Lord, both gifts and abilities. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. Everything that we are, everything that we have at our disposal should be used for the glory of God, for his service, for his kingdom. So how are we going to promote that? What are our goals this year? Well, you know, if you remember, if you need to start here, spiritual gifts inventory. You won't learn everything you need to know about spiritual gifts, but you can start there if you don't know what your gift is. And that's still available on the website. You can still download that, take that inventory. You can grade it yourself. It's easy to do, and it'll give you a starting point. It'll give you an idea of where you may be gifted. Just remember that God does not lock us into tight restrictions in terms of the number of gifts we have, all right? You may be strongly gifted in teaching, but you also may be gifted in service. So don't just lock into one and be willing to try out different things. Because again, those things are developed over time and God leads you and grows you in those areas. But for those of you that know your gift, and for those of you that are members, we have something that we've developed this year. It's the Wall Highway Church Service Opportunity Survey. Some of you have already filled this out. If you were a leader in the church, the last leadership seminar, you filled this out. If you went through my most recent equipped class on Wednesday night, you filled this out. If you haven't filled this out, you're a member of Wall Highway, or even if you're a guest considering attending or considering joining here, these are in the Welcome Center. Everybody in this church needs to fill one of these out and turn it in because this will help us get you plugged into an area of service if you're not already. All right. This just describes different areas of service, um, children's ministry, student ministry, music ministry, the different teams, committees that we have, different service opportunities. And you take this, it's very simple. You take this, write a one, two, and three next to your first, second, and third choice. This is not guaranteeing you that you'll be on a certain committee. Okay, Don't misunderstand. Those are filled when openings come about. But this will help us and our nominating team plug you in to areas that you feel gifted in. We've got a lot of new people. I shared with you week before last the numbers that we've had added to our church family this year. We need help getting you plugged in, and we want to get you plugged in. So take this, fill it out, turn it back in to the church office, or bring it next week, and you can turn it in at the Welcome Center, and, and we'll get you plugged in, okay? So take that. In the Welcome Center, make sure you get one of these before you leave, all right? We're also going to continue to emphasize different service opportunities and really all of this through connection groups, those small groups. Um, we, we shared with you, uh, Brother Luke developed last year a, a list of, of missions projects, ideas, suggestions for our connection groups. And, and so we want to encourage you uh, to, to serve the Lord through your connection groups. Um, take on different projects throughout the year, different things that you can do to serve the Lord inside the walls of the church, outside the walls as well, but for the purpose of service. You know, we all give our lives away to something. Uh, the question is what? What are you giving your life to? I mean, some people give it to sports. Some people give it to work. Some people give it to education. Some people give it to, you know, uh, hobbies or whatever, all good things. But the thing is, the, the issue is that none of those things will give you lasting significance. None of those things are going to give you satisfaction in life. Service is the pathway to significance. Ministry is how you find meaning in life. Knowing 
how God shaped you to serve, created you to serve, and fulfilling that purpose, serving, using the gifts and abilities that God has given you. Let me go back to my utensils. I now have a, a small bucket of water. And again, just average kitchen utensils, I brought with me a knife. So y'all watch out this morning. Don't, don't mess with me today, all right? Um, kidding. But uh, i got a knife, I've got a fork, and I've got a spoon. All of these are, are useful, right? I mean, if you're eating a really big steak <laughs> with this knife, you want a knife to cut it up, right? If you're eating, a, you know, if you're, you're using, if you're eating rice or, or, or green beans, you know, fork, whatever, same thing with a smaller spoon. And, of course, a large spoon has its purpose, too. Now, just, you know, plain and simple, I've got this bucket of water here. If I want to move this water to this bowl, I, I could try the fork, Right? And I got a little bit, but how long do you think it'd take me to move all this water? Y'all want to wait and find out? No, no, stomachs are already growling, right? Especially when I start talking about steak, that doesn't help, does it? So, I mean, not its purpose. Stab some green beans with it, right? I mean, there's a purpose. Stab a piece of meat. What about the knife? I'll try that. I can get a little bit more that way. But still, how long would it take me to do this? I'm having fun just playing with water this morning. Y'all know I like water. A little bit better, but not quite there. It would take me all day. But thankfully, I've got my big spoon. I could, I'm not going to do all of it, but I could move this water pretty quickly. Right? A lot easier, because that's what the spoon was made for, wasn't it? To scoop up quantities this one especially large quantities of things and if I'm going to move it from one place to another now here's the thing if I am eating a steak and I'm going to cut it how far you think I'd get with this not very far unless it was really tender steak even then the fork you can cut with a fork but how well if you've ever tried to cut a big steak with a fork you didn't have a steak knife you work pretty hard it's not it's not what it's made for you can do a little bit but you're exercising out of the functioning, the comfort zone of the fork. The knife is for cutting, right? That's what the knife is for. Each, none of these are more important than the other. They have different functions to be used under different circumstances for different things. That describes the body of Christ. So if you are a knife, be a knife. If you are a fork, Grace was listening to me study last night. She said, Daddy, I want to be a fork. (laughs) If you are a fork, be a fork. I think it was a fork. If you're a spoon, be a spoon. God may call you out of your comfort zone from time to time, and he will. But overall, the path of your life, God has gifted you and given you abilities. You need to learn what those are because the only way you're going to find meaning, purpose, and significance is by being a fork or being a spoon or being an eye, being what God has called you to be. Just like I had to surrender to ministry to find the purpose God had given me, there's a ministry God has called you to. Maybe not vocationally, maybe he has, but he's called you to serve, and you need to discover what that is. So we're going to encourage service in 22, serving inside the walls of the church, the body of Christ, using gifts and abilities. We also want to go in 2020. We're going to go in 2020. And, and, and where do we get this? Well, we need to first, we get this from Jesus' mission. We need to understand Jesus' mission because we're called to be his disciples. Luke 19.10, in several verses, we see Jesus himself describe his mission on earth and for his kingdom. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. John 18, verse 37, you are king then, Pilate's questioning Jesus. Jesus said, you say that I am king. Jesus replied, I was born for this and I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. To seek and to save the lost, to testify to the truth, everyone is of the truth, who is of the truth, listens to my voice. John 10.10, Jesus said, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full, have it in abundance. John 12.46, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world, a light to shine in the dark world, so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. We were all in the dark. Jesus is the light of the world. Luke 4, 43, he replied, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. 
and other towns too because that is why I was sent. That's why I was sent. So those verses sum up the mission of Jesus Christ. So let's sum it up. Jesus' mission is to seek and to save the lost, to tell people the truth, to give life, to shine light in the dark world, and to tell people the good news about the kingdom of God. We, Jesus, leaves, he ascends to heaven, and he has equipped his disciples to now carry on his mission. And once you are a child of God, once you are saved, you become a part of that mission team. It is now our job to fulfill the same mission that Jesus had while he was on earth. So if we're going to be faithful, we've got to take Jesus' mission and make it our mission as well. Why do we know we're supposed to do this? Well, John 17, 18, as you sent me into the world, Jesus is praying for his disciples, I have sent them. He's sending us. He has sent us out into the world. He is within us, his presence. And so if you are a Christian, you are commanded to fulfill the mission of Christ. And we do this by, one, fulfilling the Great Commission. I read this, we we looked at this last week. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, make disciples, train disciples, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And he said, I'm going to be with you always. There to equip, strengthen, encourage you to do this. I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. So we do this through the Great Commission, and we do this through because of uh, the call of Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And that verse, if you look in our vision handout, that verse gives us the parameters for our mission field. All right? You can break it down. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Our Jerusalem, we can define that. It is Madison, our community, friends, neighbors, co-workers, relatives, the people that you share your life with, that you encounter, that's our Jerusalem. The people around this church, that's our Jerusalem. But we're also commanded to reach Judea, which we expand that, our region, Madison County, Harvest, Athens, the region that we live in. We should be making an impact in some way in the region that we live. Beyond that, Judah, Judea, Samaria. Well, that is, you know, the state, but the United States, our immediate area in terms of beyond just our region. You know, you, can, you could say the United States would be our Samaria. We need to be involved in mission work that impacts the continent that we live on, the United States, the country that we live in. But then we're called to go to the ends of the earth, and that's just what that is, the ends of the world. And we are involved in missions efforts in each of those areas in this church. You can look through our bulletin and see different opportunities that we have ongoing, trips that we take every year. But this year, God has just really convicted me um, as your pastor, our staff as well. We've, we've talked about this and prayed about this. We need to take a step forward, a big step in making an impact in our Jerusalem. Not that we haven't in the past, but I believe there's oh so much more we could do. So this year, yeah, we're going to continue to go to the ends of the earth. We're going to continue in, in, uh, in Samaria, Judea. But this year, we are going to focus on really making an impact in our Jerusalem. And there are a couple of different ways that we don't know exactly how that's going to play out yet, but we do know a little bit. One thing, we're going to, look, we're going to seek out community impact projects. What do I mean by that? There are different ways that we can impact our community, but one of the the doors that could be opening up that we are exploring is partnering with one of our local schools. I'm not going to give you too much information because I don't want to ruin it, but partnering with one of our local schools to provide some some assistance to some some needy families. Becoming that a partner with that local school to where we are the church they go to for help. All right? Fostering that relationship. We've also had the opportunity to make some contacts with, with community leaders. And so we're going to continue to foster those relationships between this church and the leaders in our community so that we can be in tune to the heartbeat of the community, so that we can take advantage of opportunities to meet needs in the community. And so we're going to, we're going to look at different ways that we can do that this year. But we want to make an impact in our community, but also we want to continue to, to provide opportunities for, for you, for this church to fulfill our purpose in all of the areas of Acts 1-8. Let me close with this thought, okay? Um, rubber bands. I have a rubber band this morning. Rubber bands are something we use all the time, right? I mean, you know, um, if you 
uh, get a big stack of mail. It has a rubber band around it. Um, Use it for different things, different functions. Now, usually, if we've been out of town for a week or so, we travel to Missouri once a year, we'll get back in town. I'll have a big stack of mail usually, and there's a rubber band around it. And I'll take that, and I go to, to pull the rubber band off, and guess what usually happens? It pops. And the reason is is because it's been sitting around that, that stack of mail for a week or so. Um, rubber bands, when they are just left there, they deteriorate, they break down. If they're not used, they break down, they dry out, and they break. You know, eventually the rubber bands will break, but, but they last longer the more you use them. The more they're stretched, the more they're, they're exercised. They need to be stretched. You and I need to be stretched daily. Spiritual disciplines, growing in our faith, being stretched in terms of faith. God's going to call you and is calling you to take steps of faith every day in your life. This church, we need to be stretched, and God is calling us to be stretched this year. He's calling us to step out in faith in a lot of different ways. And we've got to trust him. If we are going to serve our purpose, we need to be stretched daily. We need to exercise daily. So here's what I want you to do. Go find you a rubber band. I've got one on my wrist. Take your rubber band and wear it for the next week. All right? Wear it for the next week to remind you that God wants you to be stretched daily to be used for him. And if you forget that purpose, just... Pop it on your wrist. You'll remember. Trust me. Okay? But here's another side of that. If you wear it long enough, eventually somebody's going to ask you, why in the world do you have a rubber band on your wrist? That'll give you an opportunity to share your faith and to share about what God's doing here at Wall Highway Baptist Church and how they could be a part of that. Let's be reminded. God's going to stretch us this year. I'm both excited and terrified about some of the things God's calling us to do, but I trust him. And I believe he wouldn't call us if he wasn't going to equip us. So let's all commit to being stretched for the Lord this year, to being stretched in our faith, to grow spiritually, and to do big things that are initiated by him, only things that are initiated by him and are equipped by him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for calling us to serve you. Thank you for calling us into your church family, giving us an opportunity to be saved, to be rescued from sin, to be set aside to be rescued, set apart, and set apart for a purpose. We believe that you've called us for a purpose. Individually, you've gifted us. You've given us abilities to be used for your glory. As a church family, you've set us aside to serve a purpose in this community and beyond, to see people come to know you, to share our faith, to grow spiritually, connecting people to you and to this church, to grow spiritually, to discover the gifts that you've given us, to serve you inside the walls of this church, but then as as a family reach outside the walls of this church to go with the gospel to the ends of the earth, starting right here in our own Jerusalem. Lord, there are big tasks that you've called us to, and I pray that we would maintain our focus on you, that we would love you passionately and grow in in our knowledge and and in the grace of you and, and in your word, and that we would become more like you daily and that we would go grow closer to you so that as a result, we as a church family would grow closer to one another, experiencing your power daily as you equip us for the tasks that you've called us to, the tasks that you've called us to. Lord, we just want to be obedient to you and to make an impact for your kingdom. We want to see people come to know you the same way that we do, to have salvation and meaning and purpose in this life and in eternity, security. Lord, I pray that you would just use this time to convict us, to show us of where we need to plug in this year, how we can help fulfill the goals, the mission that you've given us, to reach the vision that you've given us. Lord, if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, the first step in in that mission is accepting the salvation that only you can provide. And I pray that they would come during this time of commitment and allow me to share with them how to do that. For the rest of us, you may be leading some to join this church, to join the mission here at Wall Highway. You may be leading the rest of us just to evaluate where we are and how we can plug in. Whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and that we would respond in obedience. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Would you stand for our time of commitment?